0: Food supplies for a number of Pacific island nations are coming under increasing threat. Predicted increases in temperatures, possible changes in sea levels, along with declining fish stocks and global economic influences, are putting small island states under pressure. And many are worried that people in the Pacific will increasingly struggle to get enough food to feed their families. Sara Vuitalitu has travelled to Samoa to see the efforts underway to ensure constant and affordable food supplies. The sun is just setting over the hill in the village of Whangali'i, five kilometres southeast of Samo's capital, Apia. Farmer Sapati Nero is busy working on his quarter-acre plantation where he grows taro, bananas and breadfruit part-time. While this plantation provides food for his family, further along he has a 10-acre taro plantation. He sells produce at the local market where he can earn about 650 New Zealand dollars for a day's trading and he also exports some taro to American Samoa. To get the best taro crop, he plants during the dry season and therefore needs to water his plants regularly and use fertiliser, which is costly.
1: But the problem is have uh, been saying that some of stunned uh, taro because of the, the, the dry season. Yeah, so what we did is to add some of uh, the fertiliser and water it let it come up otherwise you cannot see this like this one
0: so you need to use fertilizer yep. has that changed through the years you having to use fertilizers
1: well it depends on the uh, dry and wet season if it's a dry so we, we, we add a set of fertilizer like urea uh, Get a lot of um, what's, uh, nitrogen uh, and water, but during uh, rainy season, the rainy season is coming, which, that's the wet season, uh, so there's no need to, uh, to fertilise.
0: Nearby, another farmer, Wharani Alitise, plants taro, among other crops, like bananas, on his six-acre farm. His produce brings in about 390 New Zealand dollars a week. Because his livelihood depends on how much he can grow, he's had to adapt to how he grows his crop
2: depends on the weather. You can plant uh, 200 uh, per day but if it's more rain you have to wait for uh, the sunlight so that you can grow. During sunlight you have to work hard. So during rainy season you have only, you know, weeding the the grass but uh, during sunlight you have to grow the, the taro.
0: Have you noticed a change in the seasons? Has it affected your crops?
2: You know, the sun in 1980s is different from 2008 right now. How so? Because of, uh, you know, nowadays, the sun is getting worse and worse, you know, more worse for the, for the for your, for your product. For example, taro, bananas or whatever. But back in the 80s, you had to grow taro in, within uh, nine months, and you still cut it, you know, you, you can still use it. But nowadays... You had only planted for six months.
0: Both these farmers blame a change in the weather for making their crops increasingly difficult to grow. They speak of hotter temperatures during the dry season and more rain during the rainy season. Ruben Tamani kai Yaroi lectures in plant pathology at Samoa's USP Alafur campus and says the yield of certain traditional staples has definitely changed.
2: Like the overall objective of any crop production costs is to increase the yield per unit area. And uh, climate change is, uh, is a, I think, one of the biggest challenges we're going to face in the future, especially when it comes to trying to develop uh, new cultivars of crops that can uh, have maximum yield. So by climate change, uh, rising sea level, changes in weather patterns, temperature, rainfall and all that makes it very difficult for us to
1: achieve that objective.
0: On top of these staple crops, many families in Samoa rely on fish to supplement their income and diet. This food resource is also coming under pressure. Samoa's Prime Minister Tulepa Seilele Malielinga'oe says fish has been a significant export and remains an important food source for many communities for now.
3: I think it was in the latter part of 1980s that we were able to get Uh, assistance from overseas to teach our fishermen how to fish for fish uh, in the deep waters, mainly in the albacore. That was the beginning of a very thriving industry we had, exporting uh, millions of uh, fish overseas. But of course, uh, we suffer the same problem that other fishermen of the Pacific do suffer, the falling of catching. Again, attributable to not only overfishing, but also the changing climate with the change.
1: In the current.
0: It's half past five in the morning and already most of the fish for sale at the fish market in Apia has already been sold. Fish seller Loma Watulao says he has about 30 fish left to sell and that making a living as a fisherman is increasingly difficult. Are you getting more fish now or less than before? Well it's hard,
4: very hard these days. It's hard to find fish as it's changed where we find fish now. We don't find them where we used to in Samoa. We have to dive really deep now, you know, find fish by free diving. We don't use tanks, so it's only fish we can find with one breath.
0: The fishermen say the warmer weather has forced the reef fish into deeper water and experts say the inshore fisheries are more open to exploitation, putting pressure on stocks. Nearby, two fishermen are now packing up their gear to go home after a night's fishing. One fisherman, who didn't want to be named, says as well as the weather, the cost of fuel impacts on their catch.
4: Sometimes weather is good, other time bad. So the catch is good some day and bad other days. But finding fish is harder this say. You really have to search for fish and also fuel for the boats. It's so expensive. So we can go out too far they say, because of the rising cost of the fuel.
0: Johan Bell, a fish expert at the regional technical organization, the Secretariat of the Pacific Community, says threats to the sustainability of local fish industries are wide and varied.
5: The main threat that's facing us, particularly in Melanesia, is rapid population growth. And the population in Melanesia overall is due to increase by 50% by 2030, but in urban areas it's likely to double by 2030. So if we're going to try and maintain these rates of per capita fish consumption with so many more people around, we've got to find more supplies of fish or we've got to find ways of putting fish into people's hands. Um, Some of the other threats obviously are the productivity of coastal fisheries. Most coastal fisheries in the region are based on coral reefs and coral reefs are of limited extent and the productivity of fish coming from coral reefs is not all that great. And when we've done a simple analysis of whether the the productivity of coral reefs as best we can measure it can provide enough fish for the increasing populations. A rather alarming story emerges. There's a minority of countries where the reefs are deemed to be able to supply enough fish for the people through to 2030. The majority of countries in the region are in the category of just simply even well-managed reefs will not be able to provide the fish that's required in the future.
0: Johan Baal says studies show how very central fish is in the diets of Pacific Island people.
5: Last year SPC put quite a bit of effort into trying to forecast how much fish the Pacific was going to need for food security going up to 2030. The percentage of animal protein provided by fish in the region is often between 50 and 90% in rural areas. And also in rural areas, most of the fish consumed is actually provided by subsistence fishing. And the quantities of fish that are eaten are quite extraordinary, particularly here in Polynesia, where, look here, they range anywhere or typically from 60 to 70, but even more than 100 kilos of fish per person per year. But even in urban areas, you know, the contribution of fish to food in the Pacific is, is extraordinarily high on a world comparative basis.
0: The impact of growing population numbers and the pressure on resources is recognized by the leaders of both Solomon Islands and Fiji.
2: The people of Fiji have been affected in a very real, immediate, serious and impacting way by the shocks transmitted to our small nation with a dramatic escalation in global food prices, energy price rises and the downturn in the global economy. In Fiji, we are taking advantage of these adverse external development as an opportunity to revamp our long-neglected agriculture sector. We have ample land resources. We must put this to better and more productive use. Countries will therefore need to look at their own resources for solutions. To this end, Solomon Islands is working on short,
3: medium, and long-term solutions. The population is encouraged to eat locally produced food and undertake community-based rice growing programs.
0: The Solomons' Prime Minister, Dr. Derek Sikur and Fiji's Interim Prime Minister, Frank Bainimarama, both told the most recent session of the United Nations General Assembly of their fears over food supplies for their populations. And that call from both leaders for a return to the local growing of food is prompted by not only a decline in resources such as fish stocks, but an increasing reliance on imported food. The UN Food Agriculture Organization's Paul Tumani is the assistant representative at the sub-regional office in Arpia. Because of this pressure on traditional food sources from changing weather patterns, Paul Tumani says more people are becoming reliant on supplies that are shipped or flown in.
4: Agriculture is very much affected uh, in terms of erosion of land, in terms of floods and uh, droughts. And you can see that uh, it's affecting uh, the crop production and it's uh, like a chain effect where, whereabouts. And then you you'll have to turn to uh, cheap imported food and then from then on it leads to other things like uh, lifestyle diseases. So we're trying to break the chain somewhere.
0: The rising global food prices and increasing costs of fuel have made imported food, particularly basic foods like rice and flour, very expensive for households. Well, I'm here at the RPS supermarket, Chan Mao. Well, let's go and have a look. I'm here to check out how much the price of imported goods are. Hmm, let's see. You've got rice for five tala for one kilogram bag. Rock salt for a ninety-five each for a 1kg bag. You've got white sugar for a 1kg bag, it's Chelsea sugar. A 1kg bag for 6 tala, 10. There is a bigger bag, 8 pounds for 24 tala of white sugar, for Chelsea. That price for a 4kg bag of sugar is almost 15 New Zealand dollars Compare that with $4.66 for a slightly lighter 3-kilogram bag at a store in New Zealand. And the 18-kilogram bag of rice has jumped in price in Apia this year to cost 80 tala, or about 50 New Zealand dollars. The increasing costs of imported goods coupled with falling local production is hitting other nations around the region as well. Ross Kane of Nauru's Fisheries Department says his country now imports about 90% of foodstuffs, and one of the diet staples, rice, has gone from 55 New Zealand dollars for a 20 kilogram bag to 61 dollars since the middle of this year. He explains his nation suffers from the double hit of poor farming outcomes due to issues such as soil erosion coupled with rising prices.
6: Now, most of these people now are unable to afford uh, healthy food particularly the vegetables and fruits because those have uh, increased in cost we've now had to rely on uh, fish mainly and uh, other uh, uh, root crops that we we are able to, to grow in Nauru.
0: And the local population also chooses to buy foreign food rather than that which is locally grown.
6: Western lifestyle we, we enjoy the, the uh, the canned food and uh, whatever that's being imported. So we have sort of uh, veered away from our uh, traditional means of uh, growing our own food and enjoying that kind of lifestyle. But now we're more reliant on our imported foods.
0: To the southeast of Nauru and Tuvalu, people are facing the same challenges as Itaya Lasavive, the Director of Agriculture in Tuvalu, explains. The situation in Tuvalu now, we, we are still facing the problem with the soaring f- food prices
3: because the main reason is uh, because uh, this on the capital where you have about almost 50, more than 40 percent of the population of Tuvalu is residing on the capital. And these people uh, rely anywhere between 70 to 90 percent of imported foods. So given the soaring in food prices, We've actually had uh, problems with uh, rice imports and flour. And in the last uh, two months, the suppliers, or the importers, our
0: major importers, they actually had to to ration out the rice. The food market in Apia is where most locals shop for food.
2: Nowadays the weather has changed. It uh, rains, uh, rains heaps how to plant things, you know, it's sunny, rainy, sunny. Well, it's rainy, you know, quite rainy. And it's really sunny. Uh, And then rainy and sunny, it's sort of hard. Well, nowadays it's much harder. These days the sun is so hot. So you can't work outside for long periods compared to those days when it was cooler, much cooler. It's too hot now. It makes people sick. Well, there are heaps of people buying now, taro, bananas. Oh, it's okay. Nothing is too hard in Samoa. People you know tend to come and support your stall and buy from you. It's not too bad. For the two thousand and eight two
0: thousand and nine financial year, over seven million New Zealand dollars has been allocated towards Samoa's Ministry of Agriculture and Fisheries. The newfound importance of the sector is reflected in the fact that the budget allocation has gone up by around three hundred and fifty thousand New Zealand dollars on the year before. Over $1.7 million is being earmarked for crop research, commercial development and advisory services, and close to $600,000 towards fisheries management planning and research services. The chief executive of Samoa's agriculture ministry, Asual Karifi Paono, says given the rising prices in imported foods, efforts are underway to encourage locals back into growing for themselves. Uh, Crops such as uh, cassava, uh, yam,
7: uh, sweet potato, uh, such crops can grow uh, pretty well in marginal areas. So it's important that we, we have a diversity of, uh, uh, of crops, uh, livestock, and, and so forth.
0: Samoa's former deputy director of agriculture, Seve Tile Imo, says agriculture was booming in the 1980s.
4: Well, agriculture was was thriving during that time. It was the backbone of the economy of Samoa. We used to export uh, various commodities to meet uh, overseas demand, mainly in uh, cocoa, coconut, bananas and taro. Coconut and copra were exported to the UK, and bananas and taros and other minor commodities were exported to primarily to Australia and New Zealand.
0: Seve Tile Imo says factors that affected the development of agriculture included a change in government policy and a lack of commitment from growers. And, unfortunately, the taro leaf blight, introduced accidentally from American Samoa, ruined Samoa's taro export industry that's yet to recover. As an indication of how much the focus has turned away from the agricultural sector, the current chief executive, Kirefi Paono, says it used to be one of the top earners for the economy, but has now dropped to be number seven.
7: The strategy is for us to start uh, climbing up uh, the ladder and, and uh, make sure that uh, our self-reliance is there. We are also boosting our exports. Uh, there are some avenues coming along: uh, organic, uh, organic, farming, working with uh, body shop. There are some new uh, oil companies coming. Uh, so, uh, and I also look forward to our taro going back to New Zealand in, in a big way, uh, hoping that our own people in New Zealand will uh, will see us. Uh, providing them moustache, so I'm quite uh, positive.
0: The independent nation is also moving to diversify its livestock sector, but the Prime Minister says more work is needed.
3: You know, um, before the present food crisis, uh, we have been doing a lot on the promotion of local production of biggory and poultry. Some of these efforts have been suspended in the past because of uh, feed problems. Uh, we need to look at that again. The feed problem relates more to the availability of affordable feed so that any commercial production would, be, would not be too prohibitive because of the, of the cost of uh, feed. We did have a feed mill once, but production ceased because uh, of the non-availability of inputs. That's another area that we need to look at uh, more closely. Samoa is very suitable for cattle farming and dairy farming. As such, we have been promoting that in the sense the government has, uh, over the last 15 years, imported shipments of cattle to provide our cattle farmers with new breeding species. And about uh, three years ago, we also imported a new kind of sheep that has been experimented on by Fiji for over 20 years. We now are also producing tropical sheep for production at the village level.
0: Samuels PM is also an advocate for organic farming. He is the current chairman of the Pacific Organic Farmers Association and is enthusiastic about developing this industry more. I have been
3: trying to promote the complete stop stoppage of uh, the use of any more fertilizers and go back to tradition, where well, we plant a lot of dadap trees that inject hydrogen, you know, natural fertilizers into the soil. This is the thing we have been doing in the past. It is so easy to go out and plant the uh, thatap trees, enriching your soil with their roots, and at the same time providing the ne- the necessary cover from the sun and thus control the weeds uh, in your plantation. All that uh, can be achieved with uh, no cost to the farmer.
0: Tule Paselele says the government is now working closely with village communities. Kiribati's Director of Agriculture, Kimai Cairo, says her nation is another looking to organic farming to help improve soil fertility and encourage a return to more local production. We don't uh, encourage uh, the use of uh, fertilizer or other chemicals. Why? Because of uh, the vulnerability and the fragility of our islands. Uh, water is only, uh, the underground water is only our source of uh, water. So we really treasure that if we want to uh, uh, produce or increase our food. And the FAO is working to try to improve agriculture in the region by injecting money to assist farmers with equipment and the rising cost of resources such as seedlings. But all these changing factors leave many bemused and a little fearful of what the future holds, as indicated by this taxi driver and his passengers from Tuvalu and the Federated States of Micronesia. Climate change is is a new thing to
3: this century. Uh, uh, it, it's sort of... Uh, it's very hard to, uh, to guess what's coming. Um, I think... Uh, as I say, it's so a wee bit scary. Sometimes uh, it's a lot of uh, happening in the in the in the world.
5: In terms of our of um, if the IPCC trends on the scenario for the sea level continue as they predicted, it will be like 50 years and our stable food, stable food, which is pulaka uh, or taro, because they are ducked down below sea level, so they have already been witnessed with uh, contaminated of uh, so water intrusion. So in terms of food security, we rely on uh, rice at the moment, as well as uh,
6: this table food. Food security now in Micronesia has become the major issue, especially under, the, uh, under climate change. As you know, we've gone through some major events, especially um, uh, sea level uh, inundation, which uh, Pretty much uh, greatly impacted the uh, stable crop, and these are the taro in the atolls, uh, where we end up uh, doing food, food delivery to the atolls. So it's, uh, it's actually the policy makers have decided that uh, the food security is the major issue under climate change now in Micronesia.
0: Whatever the fears in the region over food security, there seems to be a general consensus that nations must encourage their people to be more self reliant. The Cook Islands is one of those nations taking advantage of the advice and working closely with the FAO to help get the next generation motivated towards farming, as the Secretary of Agriculture Na Mateo explains.
3: There's also a uh, project sponsored by by FAO. This one is specifically uh, for young people, young farmers. Uh, this one targets the young farmers trying to try and encourage as many of them as possible to come and take up agriculture, either as a, uh, as a part-time activity, which means they may be working somewhere else, but they can uh, also take agriculture seriously, and, uh, and they could also treat agriculture in that sense as uh, an additional source of income.
1: Uh, we, are, we, are, we are looking for crops that is good for rainy season, and dry season, and all those uh, uh, sort of thing. We select uh, uh, varieties. Uh, it's good in rainy season, and the crop, the crop's good for dry season, uh, and the crops that can both.
0: Farmer Sapati Nero is an active member of Samo's Farmer Association, which he says is doing more research into how best to grow crops. But Sevetile Imo, who is now retired from his position at the Ministry of Agriculture, says that despite government efforts, at the end of the day, it's the people who need to be self-motivated to act.
4: Well, I think they have to refocus their priorities and I think uh, there is a need for all those who are involved in agriculture to be committed to seeing what is necessary to be carried out and focus their attention onto their priorities and, and, and try and, and fulfil them, not only from the government from the leaders, but also in every sector of the of the economy, farmers, the ministry, and all those who are
0: involved. For both farmers Sapati Nero and Farani Alatise, the future of agriculture is in the next generation.
1: My father is, is a talented uh, person. Uh, he's a capital he's a planter, he's a fisherman, he's a preacher. When I was a kid. We always come at the farm after school. To myself,
2: the small uh, the small kids, uh, you know, is getting tired of going to school, you know, about the age of eight, ten. It's good for them to learn and, you know, used to come to the plantation, have a look, and you know, survive uh, this kind of uh, of living. You know, doing their plantation. It's money too. You know, when. He was about 18 or something. He can still uh, get uh, 600 and something, you know, up per week. So it's a good opportunity for them.
0: That programme was written and presented by Sarah Vuitalitu. Technical production was by Chris Adams, and the producer was Philippa Tolley.